Of Justified Pursuit. I'm Cable Smith, along with Chisholm Cook. I uh, hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving, Chisholm. Yeah, we did. Uh, we broke the rules, uh, well, not the rules in Texas, but the rules of other states, yeah. and got together with some family. Um, knowing your story, it's... Uh... <laughs> right. We also broke the rules, and now right. today I tested positive for COVID, so... Yeah, I was about to say, like, my grandparent, my, my grandparents showed up, they're 90, uh, and they just refused not to, basically. Uh-huh. Um, they were going to see their kids and their grand- grandkids and their great-grandkids, and that, there was just all there was to it. Uh, but it doesn't appear that anybody uh, <laughs> brought the disease into our shindig, uh, unlike yours. Well, yeah, my, my sister-in-law um, said she started feeling crappy on Saturday. And Henry and I were at the deer lease. Great weekend, by the way. He shot his first white-tailed doe, and uh, I shot a nice buck. So we had a, a good time. Shot a hog, too, and uh, just great, you know, father-son bonding time out there. Uh, but then, anyway, uh, my sister-in-law, Charlotte, she was feeling ill on Saturday. And then yesterday, about noon, I was like, man, I just got some, like, I got some aches and the chills. Like, I had a 99.7-degree fever. And then this morning I woke up and I was, you know, felt pretty much okay, uh, except for the, the, the lingering like body aches. Um, but I'll tell you what, and, and we were talking off the air, you had the flu really bad in, in law school. Uh, my son's had it the last couple of years, like knocked him on his ass, missed like eight or nine days of school. Um, Aaron's had the flu too. And if this is all Corona is, man, I, I would much rather have this than the flu. It could kill me tomorrow. I don't know. But uh, so far, symptoms are very mild. Um, not to be trite, and I'm certainly praying that everything's all right for all of y'all, but I would literally bet every dollar and piece of property that I now hold or will ever earn that y'all will be just fine. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And this is um, my sister-in-law and brother's second time to have it. Like morons, they went to San Francisco for a bachelor bachelorette party. Uh, like right after spring break last March, like when this whole thing was, was going on starting and California was like this hotbed, especially San Francisco with all the flights coming in and out of uh, China. And yeah, they got it. Do what? 
Uh, specifically from Wuhan, there were direct flights. Right, uh, right. Like so because, like, almost daily direct flights from Wuhan. Well, and half of the bachelor party and, you know, the wedding party, half of them didn't go for that reason. But my brother and sister, it, you know, to their credit, they were trying to be good friends. Uh, but they certainly put their own health at risk. And at the time, you know, everyone thought this virus was much more deadly and fatal than it actually is. So, but they didn't get confirmation that time, right? Well, they didn't have testing then. They just came back right. with all the symptoms and were sick for three or four days and then kind of put themselves in isolation. So, you know, yeah, they didn't have testing. Like today I drove up, sat in my truck. They swabbed my uh, nostrils, which, by the way, wasn't that bad. Everyone's like, they're poking my brain. No, it was a piece of cake. Didn't even like didn't even feel it. Yeah, uh, but that's like, that rap that rapid test doesn't have yeah. to go all the way to the brain. The original yeah. test has to go to the brain. The rapid well, test is just a rapid test is like halfway there. that bad. And then 30 minutes later, they call me I'm like, uh, sir, your test is positive. So anyway, now I'm like the uh, I feel like people that have had COVID kind of have this. Um, I don't know, black mark on them like they're tainted, you know, but I think we're all just going to get it. Uh, and the, which is why we decided to have family Thanksgiving. We had um, people that we were already hanging out with anyway. So my siblings, my parents, my wife's sister and uh their kids and then her parents that's it so immediate family um it'll be interesting to see you know really only worried about my parents and her parents but they're in their 60s and they're all very healthy um which the average what is the average age of death from this thing like 80 in the states um i think it's 78 77 78 something like so that joe biden's age exactly yeah. 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 Oh, Kamala is licking her chops. I tell you what, she might just give Biden COVID on purpose. Uh, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me the way that that woman just wants power. I mean, that's all she wants. Well, he's so frail that he can't play with his dogs without breaking his damn ankle. So uh, <laughs> there's there's a lot of natural causes out there lurking, ready to take him out. So <laughs> unlike the scary orange man who kicked COVID's ass in like three days. Yeah, I wanted to say something on that idea of like this sort of COVID shame. Uh -huh. um, I've heard a number of the podcasters that I listen to talking about uh, that um, and, and playing like clips like from like YouTube influencer types and, you know, but basically mostly like, you know, left, hardcore left leaning you know, media personality types like expressing this just shame and, and, uh, you know, just torturing themselves over the fact that they, they got the virus and, you know, some even going as far as saying they won't admit it. They just hide out for two weeks till it's gone and they never even acknowledge <laughs> it. And it's like, that's just so indicative, first of all, of how uneducated, I guess, people are or willfully blind, whichever one it is mm -hmm. about, disease in general this d disease in particular but and just how this has become a political or become i mean it's pretty much been political since, since day one but just yeah. how silly like i mean the, some of the stuff i've heard these guys playing i should have sent you some clips but you know just like grown quote men like crying literally crying about being so ashamed of themselves and embarrassed over having gotten the virus and they're like, I did everything right. I've been, it's like, okay, are you dead? No, you're fine. In fact, like these were people who had kicked it. They weren't even sick when they were making these recordings. Yeah. They were acknowledging it after the fact. And it's like, cool. 
So you're one of the 99.9% who survives it and gets over it. Move on with life. What are you embarrassed about? It doesn't, and you can see it in the way the media portrays. I don't know if I have not seen, and I would love for somebody to provide it, a single article in the quote mainstream media pointing out when a Democrat has had COVID, there have to be some. Yeah. But boy, every single time a Republican tests positive, you're going to hear about it. And I, head, I don't, yeah, I haven't seen headline, a single politician, Democratic one say, oh, yeah, I had COVID. No. Nope. Well, and then the headlines do what you're getting at. They like they try to make it out to be see how, you know, these these how negligent these people. Are. Right. Right. They decided to go on and live their lives and not be right. subjected to uh, these. We've called it draconian uh, measures over the last what damn we're coming up on a year in march this is absurd but uh yeah i mean i'm gonna live my life that's the decision our family finally made once the kids went back to school because i've told you and even like when when we were what was it april we went on that turkey hunt and i was like obsessively like using hand sanitizer and uh didn't want to like touch the same things you were touching i mean i was taking it very seriously um but once the kids went back to school which they needed to do what absolutely you mean you've opened yourself up to every other family in your community, uh, public school. I mean, I, at that point, I was just like, you know what? I'm, it's not like I'm not going to use hand sanitizer and not wear a mask. Uh, but if I get it, I get it. And life must go on. Um, yeah. This uh, dude, I, I, my oldest is turning 12 on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And in the entire time, my wife and I have had school age or preschool age children. We have had like a bug a month run through this freaking house. People yeah. get sick all the time. Yep. Like the, it's just, I, in fact, man, this summer uh, we, we had every, every summer we go to this beautiful, awesome spot on the Nueces river with four or five other families. I know I've shared pictures with you and mm -hmm. it's like our, it's the highlight of our year. We all look forward to it. Ashley and I, obviously the girls, all the other family. Other than our elk hunt that we usually do. Right. Which is your we'll second doing. favorite thing every year. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Right. All right. Uh, a lot, lot, lot more pleasant and uh, relaxing than the elk hunt, though. Not as much cussing and just like uh, it's like being a, a, a it takes a sick person to go in the mountains for a week have, and take that punishment. And yeah, be like, let's I, do that again, man. That was awesome. <laughs> I haven't had a toenail turn black and slough off uh, from my river trips. I don't think I've had an elk hunt where I didn't have that happen. So, right. Uh, but anyway, it, dude, we got sick. This was in July, right? So mm -hmm. we were well into virus world at the time. And um, our youngest two kind of started feeling funny. And I th the only thing they were doing, if I recall, was swim classes. And it was just like them and one instructor. Mm -hmm. um, so to, like, my point being, I don't know how they got it. Yeah. They didn't get the, they didn't, it wasn't COVID. It was just a damn cold. They sort of were feeling funny. They're both prone to allergies. Ashley, for an abundance of caution, knowing we were going to go be with some other families, took him to the, the pediatrician that Tuesday. He wouldn't even give him a test. Of course, this was mm -hmm. this was like at the time where testing was hard to come by and they'd only give you a test if you had one of the five or six like main symptoms. Right. And they were just like, they didn't, I don't think they had fevers. Anyway, dude, we get there. Like we were, we check in on a Wednesday. We were checking out on a Sunday. By like Wednesday night, Ashley's feeling bad. And by Thursday, she's feeling pretty crappy. Um, you know, body aches, just, it whipped her ass the whole time. And she just tried to kind of lay low. I asked her, I was like, do you think you need to leave? She's like, well, hell, I'm already here. She sort of yeah. just kept her space. Right. And then we got back Sunday evening. I started feeling bad. And I, 
you know, we had let everybody know, like, Ash doesn't feel good. We don't know what's going on. What, but, you know, we took the girls in. Yeah. I'll admit, like, I, I ran and got tested that Monday, and it was negative. So as far as I'm concerned, we didn't have it. We never lost the sense of smell. Yeah. We, you know, didn't have. I can smell fine, which is, like, the thing that everyone Right. Says. I mean, it's. Right. It, it's not a for sure thing, right? But yeah. it, it's supposed to be a pretty telltale sign. Well, isn't but, it amazing, though, that I could go and get tested today and know the results in 30 minutes but if you look at the news like trump's totally botched this whole thing like there was no test for this disease dude he it told, didn't exist and now kept, I, I went and got a test and 30 minutes later they're like sir you're sick i'm like oh, okay well i don't feel my best so yeah that makes sense uh but if you would have you know if you look at the news it's like whoa trump's done nothing but cost what two hundred fifty thousand americans lives Dude, he told us the vaccine could be uh, approved by by the election and or, you know, could be. I didn't even believe that. But... I didn't either. I thought he was yeah. completely full of crap. And seven days after the election, these companies start announcing 95 percent effective rates. Yeah. Like Biden that... all the credit for that, by the way. Oh, dude, Andrew or uh, yeah, Andrew Cuomo, Governor Cuomo in New York is has been saying that he wants to block distribution of the vaccine because somehow the Trump administration will screw it up and they should wait until the end of January to let the Biden administration roll it out. It's like, where is the sense in that? First of all, it's the Trump administration's Operation Warp Speed that helped at least lay the groundwork for the vaccine right. in the first place. Although I've got lots of hot top hot opinions on the, the vaccine in general. Right. Let's just pretend like it's a good thing uh -huh. for sure. Or, you know, a hundred percent good thing. That he, he the, 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 this administration helped deliver the vaccine in terms of getting it done in world record time and the and, testing. and like and like how could he screw up the distribution so badly that waiting two months would be better or a month would be better right like a month and a month and a half you, I if guess you're if you believe in the vaccine you need to get it into your citizens you may need to make it available to them asap like dude but my, my point is like yesterday could, what could he do? that could screw it up where waiting six to eight weeks would actually be an improvement. There's, I can't, yeah. there's nothing. There's, there's right. nothing. They don't want Trump to have the credit for it. It's just That's like right. um, when I had uh, Dan Crenshaw on representative Crenshaw, and he said, the reason why we can't get this stimulus package round two uh, passed is because Pelosi doesn't want Trump to get credit before the election. Right. So it's the same petty bullshit, yeah. uh, which, you know, well, and, and Republicans and we do it about. too, but not, I don't think they do it to the degree. I think if, Republicans were like, people are dying. People are actually sick. We have this medicine to make them better or to, to prevent them from getting sick. Uh, yeah, they would make sure that it was, they would facilitate making it available. Yeah, we talked about this during some of the debate recaps, but all those examples, Tim Scott, you know, proposes a bill for police reform. They quash it. Don't even let it be brought for a debate, let alone a vote. And then yeah. it turns out that the crap that Kamala Harris and, excuse me, Kamala, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden were spouting during the debates and on the campaign trail was all the same shit that was already in Tim Scott's bill, yeah. even though they didn't even want to discuss it or consider it. It's well, let's <sighs> let's move on. I'm sick, but I don't really feel that bad. That's that. Um, we've got kind of a scatter shooting episode today. We've each brought like, I don't know, seven or eight bullet points that are uh, front and center in society today in politics. Um, we've brought those to the table. And 
I want to I want to start with this one because you you were talking about New York and and how also you forgot to mention that Cuomo's getting an Emmy for the way he's handled his oh coronavirus uh, press um, press sessions and. <laughs> The dude's getting an Emmy. We we both agree that no one's handled it worse than him. Um, from you know, as far as the governor is concerned, statistically speaking, it's basically an uncontrovertible fact, right? right. He's got like the third worst results in the country, and he's getting and an Emmy. They're he's claiming a freaking Emmy, dude. We keep throwing around this word gaslighting, like it's it's like every day something more outrageous happens that just just convinces me i'm living in some sort of like weird upside twilight down. zone yes yeah well so so he's getting an emmy okay now we've got de blasio who is the uh new york city mayor and on november 18th he went <laughs> he said uh public school buildings will be closed we must fight back the second wave of covid19 they will be closed for the for- foreseeable future today December 1st, this is his quote. The schools are some of the safest places to be in New York City, <laughs> and they will be they will be reopening. What in the hell is he talking about? There must have been one hell of a just uh, impressive new report done, uh, you know, new study. They done can just make the, shit up and say whatever they want, dude, dude, with no ramifications whatsoever. None. Yeah. Because Twitter doesn't fact check them. So oh no, they, they don't. How would the woke, how would the wokesters ever know that he's full of shit? Uh, but seriously, like, what is that? That's eleven days, and he's changed his mind from we got to stop the second wave to now send your kids to school because it's the safest place to be. <laughs> uh, yes, you yeah, know well, what that is, Chisholm. That's uh, two plus two equals five. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> shoot, man. So much of this is that for sure. But, uh, you know, it, I, I guess if there's a silver lining, it it was driven by the fact that New Yorkers lost their minds. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, again, politically speaking, n- not a conservative state, right? Not a Trumpian a city in particular. I mean, we're talking about de Blasio, the, the actual city of New York, right? Mm-hmm. We all know that it is a, quote, liberal uh, uh, probably more like leftist, you know, mega stronghold. And yet they seem to at least be parsing through the noise of their uh, presumably preferred media outlets to pick up on the idea that, that, yeah, children generally, not even generally, dude, damn near unanimously are safe from this. Like there was, I've, I've mentioned it before, but a study back in May that incorporated 50 pediatric hospitals across all of North America, meaning Canada, the United States, and Mexico, 50 pediatric hospitals, thousands of children, uh, part of this broad study, they determined unequivocally in the first paragraph of this many, many dozens of page study that children in the age of 14 years old were more at more at risk from the common from, from influenza, just Mm -hmm. regular flu than from this virus. Like, yeah i believe it it just it just is what it is it's not it's not gonna hurt them and you know they'll what is gonna hurt them though is being isolated from obviously you know socially isolated from their friends from from uh interact social interaction with other not getting educated man they're not learning in this zoom crap they're not no 
dude, that was the biggest crock of Dookie ever when my kids were on their Zoom meetings. Like, it's a joke. And it, and it was so easy. Like, they would be done with their schoolwork in, like, I don't know, uh, 10% of the time that it should have taken them to do. So, yeah, they weren't learning diddly squat. Um, what do you, what do you, what's your first bullet point for today? Oh, you're pretty much spot on it. COVID hypocrisy was that what mm-hmm. I wrote down. Um, and I want to touch on the uh, Supreme Court uh, ruling with regard to the pandemic and religious liberty. That's the only stuff I had COVID related. So I guess we can stay on that theme until we knock those out. But, you know, just the, the cases just keep mounting of these leftist politicians demanding like hyper draconian measures going so far as to sick, you know, police on people during the holidays, you know, expecting putting out ransoms and bounties and stuff for people to narc on their neighbors, all of this stuff. Right. And then, you know, it sounds Gavin, like the, the kids in 1984. To, oh, dude. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. There's no, there's, right. Nobody no likes a narc. It. Nobody likes a narc. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, there's Gavin Newsom. He had his French laundry incident, right. But <laughs> three, two, three weeks ago, right before Thanksgiving, after saying that Thanksgiving was canceled and families can't get together, he has a he attends a party for somebody where I think there were I don't remember if it was a 50th birthday party or there were 50 people there. There were well well over 20, I know. Yeah. And hilariously, uh, you know, I remember hearing and reading that the majority of the folks there were actually medical professionals. Yeah, they were. And lobbyists for the medical profession, which I could just sit see them sitting there like cackling and cracking up about the bullshit they're pulling like that's what i that's what i envisioned that dinner having been like right like can you believe the crap that they're we've got everybody buying but yeah so he comes out and lies about it having been an outdoor event it wasn't there were photographs taken of him by another patron of the restaurant showing that nope they were all inside they spent fifteen thousand dollars on wine alone um i think one of the most egregious though is nice (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean and i would i would be willing to bet half of that was actually newsom's wine because you know he's he's got a vineyard and a, and a winery uh right. which has stayed open throughout the pandemic by the way uh lori lightfoot in in colorado maybe the most egregious going on and on again there about how you know the city of chicago's thanksgiving was canceled and thank god some in, reporter with you know a sack dared ask her well what about the images we saw of you uh a couple nights after the election whenever i guess it was announced that biden was supposedly the winner of the election she's out in the streets with thousands and thousands of people herself with no mask on like shoulder to shoulder with people Mm -hmm. And, and she's like going on and on about the needs for these protections and just like 10 days earlier she had been maskless in a sea of biden supporters and when they asked her about it, her response was, sometimes you have to just get together and give and, 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 and like she said, like, give thanks or something like or get together and, 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 and be together and, and, you know, and be thankful. And it, I think she even used the words thankful, whatever you, she said. Well, yeah, you got to be thankful for your comrades. Right. But you can't be thankful for other things on Thanksgiving together with right. your family. Yeah. But I uh, did that. <laughs> It's exhausting to watch case after case after case. These people saying live by these rules, you know, relatedly, 
uh, you know, some of the guys that I listen to talk a lot about how they're all of them are against school choice. They're all adamant that public every child needs to be in public school where they can be indoctrinated into their bullshit. But every single one of them sends their kids to private school. Right. right? Yeah. Like all of them. Newsom. His kids have been in school this whole time because they go to a fancy private school. Uh, you know, Obama is against school choice, yet his girls went to the like, you know, wealthiest private school in D.C., you know, well, it's like, and, um, why do these politicians think they need armed security guards when they don't want you to have guns? You know, right, it's just exactly. the same. It's the same oh, thing. Yeah, and Nancy's got a wall around her house, but you know, mm-hmm. can't have a wall for a border. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the COVID hypocrisy is rampant. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of like, you know, now that I have it, I'm like, man, this it's going to give me a new lease on life after I get rid of it. Like that dude. I, do I have I, to be that careful for a little while? I don't know. I, I, mean, I don't want to like, I, I want to make sure you, you know, that I love you to death. And obviously I'm, I am praying that y'all, you know, weather this unscathed, I'm very, very, very confident that you will. Hell, you don't even sound sick, dude. I don't I mean, really feel bad. <laughs> yeah. Your lungs sound great, but <clears throat> yeah. You know, th- that being said, the, that that's the way I see it too. Like I've seen it for a while now because I, I'm very confident that I'm healthy and my family is healthy and I'm not in the demographic and neither are they right on basically any potential measure. I'm kind of like, I would sure love to just run it through the house and get the hell over with it. Right. Right. Yeah. Aaron and I have <clears> talked <throat> about that. It's like, wouldn't it be better if we just got it over with? So now we can. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what about, uh, I don't know if you saw this, uh, Joe Biden, uh, he, appointed his communications team, all females, um, which I found ironic coming from the guy who most of the female Democratic Party, especially his uh, vice president, uh, said they believe these women who accused him of sexual assault. Yeah, well, he's got a he just wants a nice variety of hair to sniff. (laughs) You know, I think the funnier point about it is one that I keep hearing people make is you know that the same party that does says there's no like difference between men and women in the first place yet simultaneously would then agitate that you know you should give girls testosterone to convert them because i guess there is a difference between men and women you know but that then call women who don't think that transgender women i guess should compete in female sports are what they call trans exclusionary radical feminists or turfs which is a derogatory it's like calling someone racist right like that party is the one that's you know applauding the appointment of all women for uh you know in the entire comms department but also you know agitating for him to like select a female for the department of defense secretary and you know it's like what does it matter if 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 gender is just this amorphous fluid concept in the first place if you pick women or not you guys Mm -hmm like are undermining the very idea of womanhood to begin with. So yeah. who gives a shit what right. they claim their gender to be? Uh, not to mention, I mean, that's, that's woke progressive bullshit. We should all want the, I mean, the comms department, fuck the comms department. Like, I don't care, dude, it's communications. They're just going to lie to us. Watch the way that CNN talks about it though. And these women will be absolutely like beacons of virtue and truth, but you know, m- in the roles that matter, the ones that actually run the government, not just the talking heads that that spew the BS, 
we would all, I would hope, want the most qualified, regardless of ethnicity, gender, race, religion, any of these, mm-hmm. you know, identity politics categories. It shouldn't, but, you know, but he's obviously since day one made it clear that all he cares about, like his party, is identity politics. He's not going to, uh, you know, mire himself in the minutia of figuring out who the most qualified is. He's going to, you know, use gender to eliminate half the potential candidates right off the bat. I want to interject something, what I think about Biden, actually. I don't think he cares. I think someone else is just pulling the strings. I don't think he's smart enough or invested in it enough. I think he's just a figurehead. I, I really don't think that the man is 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 with it enough to even be making these decisions. Uh yeah, you're right. I agree. Um I don't I don't think he's fully uh cognizant of 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 everything that he's being sort of shuttled towards. Um I think to the the large I think to the extent he understands it, he's just going with the flow and doing right. what he's told. They're like, um, oh, Kamala's my running mate? Oh, okay. Yeah. Isn't she that uh, Jamaican Indian girl from California? Right. Oh, yeah, I know they, that they, one. Okay, they called, yeah, they called, him, called him both a rapist and a racist. Right. <laughs> like like this year. Like this year. Yeah. Like, why was his first response be like, absolutely not? Yeah. Well, Joe, actually, you're going to do it because uh, you're a vegetable. So, uh, wh- so. Speaking of his appointments, though, Neera Tandon, I'm sure you know who that is. This is the new White House budget chair. Right. And this woman is a, let's talk about unqualified. Going back to what you just said, you want the best, the most qualified candidate. This lady is a, uh, she's an attorney, has no background in um, economics, certainly not in accounting. And yes, she's going to be the head of the budget for the most power, you know, the budget chair for the most powerful country in the world um she has been the um figurehead for this left-leaning think tank called uh, what was it called the center for american progress which basically it's a fundraising think tank she takes millions and millions of dollars from wall street higher-ups and silicon valley and specifically mark zuckerberg and so i'm, re- I'm reading this and i'm like okay so all this lady is is basically uh, just a puppet to make sure the interest of the the I guess the most financially impactful Democrats in the country, uh, you know, she's protecting their interest has nothing to do with running the budget of the country. Yeah, um, she's also kind of known more recently for. Uh, being kind of all in on the Russia P tapes hoax, yeah. tape hoax, and the Steele dossier and all that stuff. All yep. of which, um, incidentally, of course, the media ran with for four years, um, despite there not being any real proof to any of the allegations, yeah. much like they, you know, published uh, Trump's alleged tax returns, which were stolen uh, or disclosed illegally. And yet, you know, Twitter allowed them to disseminate that. Yet, you know, the Hunter Biden stuff, everybody said, or the allegations of voter irregularities that are going on right now, all the media says, uh, none of this is verifiable. Therefore, we won't even report on it. Even Fox News turns the White House press secretary off because 
she's claiming things that they say are unverified. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, she did. She, she yeah. basically came out and said that Russians hacked the uh, 2016 election and turned it from Hillary to Trump. That's what she said, which has been proven did not happen. Um, then we look at what, what's going on today, and it's, uh, it seems to be we know that there's fraud. On what level and would it have altered the outcome of the election? Who's to say? Um, but, you know, my point is, who cares? At this point, it just needs to be exposed. People need to know that it was a sham, that there is wide-scale fraud. And, and the goal there should be that we prevent this from happening the next time around. But you've got a lot of stuff on uh, that you've been digesting on, you know, these fraudulent situations in mostly Georgia, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Yeah, let me touch on two quick things because I think we'll probably that'll stretch out for the remainder of however long we want to talk. <laughs> uh, back on pandemic stuff, but specifically the First Amendment and religious liberty. Um, everybody may or may not be aware that uh, as of actually the announcement, I think the I think the ruling was released Thanksgiving morning. It might have been Wednesday before. It was last week. Uh, that was the third case that the Supreme Court has taken this year on state uh, restrictions on religious gatherings mm -hmm. in response to the pandemic. The first was in like May and uh, Chief Justice Roberts, <clears throat> who I become less and less enthralled by not only daily, but it seems almost hourly at this point. Right. Uh, wrote the opinion of that saying, you know, okay, so May, right? We're 60 to 90 days, depending on when you start to count on how long we kind of knew what was going on with the virus, or at least that it was here, right? 60 to 90 days in, basically the court ruled. So that was before Amy Coney Barrett was appointed. So there were, well, but Ruth Bader Ginsburg was still alive. I think it was 5-4. Yeah, yeah. Roberts was the swing, swing vote. vote. Right. 5-4 siding with the quote-unquote liberals uh in that case uh another case out of california came a little bit later in the summer that particular case um the the the, the church in question was not imposing any restrictions whatsoever on themselves they had they were operating at 100 percent capacity weren't requiring masks i mean they were like deliberately flaunting all of the guidance right mm -hmm. so they got uh, they they lost basically these or these are churches seeking injunctions, an injunction for the court to step in and say, this law is, is suspended, uh, you know, pending potential further review or, or whatever. <clears throat> so that's what they were seeking. Those guys lost to that church lost to, you know, I look at that and say, you know, my church has taken certain precautions. Frankly, uh, they've ramped them back up in the last week or two and I'm pretty annoyed by it. Yeah. But, you know, requiring a certain amount of distance in the sanctuary, requiring mass, as long as people are allowed to go to church, fine. Right. 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 Those that, that that group in California, I applaud them for being so. <laughs> which which city was it or which there was I a church? Was, I, I saw the pastor. Lit. He was taking his tie off like he was stripping because they were letting strip clubs stay open, but telling people they couldn't go to church. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't see that. That's oh, dude, it's hilarious. Funny, I, gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like doing all this seductive dance on stage, something you never see a pastor do. But it was funny because it was all in jest. And then he right. takes his tie off and throws it into the crowd. And uh, yeah, but just, the, I mean, 
the audacity to say you can go to a strip club and have some hoochie mama sit on your lap, but you can't go to church. Give me a break, man. Yeah, well, or you can, you know, protest, root and riot, riot and loot. Yeah. Right. I mean, so so getting back to this case, right? So so two cases, the petitioners lost. But now fast forward to basically November and the particularly the renewed surge that, that the state of New York is seeing. And they've got a color-coded system, right? And if you're in a red zone, you're only allowed to have groups no less than like 10 people. And if you're in an orange zone, it's like 25, right? Hmm. Um, yet, all sorts of business establishments, to your point, were not... Uh, essential services were not impaired whatsoever in terms of numbers of people, etc. Um, and the list of essential services included bicycle shops, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. list of specifics but uh but it specifically listed churches and synagogues as places that must comply with these restrictions because they're not essential right i mean who needs religion? oh dude i mean exactly yeah religion's non-essential despite the fact that the founders saw fit to put it in the first amendment to the constitution i mean right? part of the reason why they left england was to escape religious persecution <laughs> yeah absolutely well and, uh, and so yeah so so that case came down last week and uh with amy coney barrett now on the court it was a 5-4 decision uh to issue the injunction and say these rules are unconstitutional as applied to these churches and synagogues and struck them down or you know enjoined them is the right the word uh, the interesting thing is we got like four opinions written, uh, which I haven't, I'll admit, I haven't read every word of, but I've sort of skimmed them and I've listened to at least one podcast where they kind of went through some of it. Um, but so there's a, there's the controlling overall opinion and it's not signed. We don't know who actually wrote it, but then there's justice Gorsuch, who you may recall was Trump's first appointee, mm -hmm. the guy from Colorado, uh, who talked about hunting and fishing on public lands in his, uh, his uh, introductory speech during his Senate confirmations. He's awesome. Um, Probably he wrote an opinion. Free introduction, by the way. Yeah, I would think so. <laughs> ho ho note, hopefully right. he is. Yeah. Uh, Kavanaugh, you know, uh, President mm -hmm. Trump's second and most uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, maligned, right, of uh, his appointments. And then uh, John Roberts wrote a dissenting opinion. And the interesting thing kind of like super surface level is that those three guys basically went to town on each other. Uh, looks like Briar. So the way it worked was that we had this five justice majority Thomas or Roberts. I'm sorry, justice chief justice Roberts, the now uh, very, you know, rhino E cuck swing vote wrote he, he technically sided with the minority voted against the injunction but in his opinion he explained it's not because he disagrees with the majority it's that he disagrees with the need for the injunction because once these people got this matter to the supreme court governor cuomo redrew all the orange and red lines and took the the individual churches two synagogues i think actually orthodox jewish synagogues took them out of the red and orange zones. Mm -hmm. And so Roberts's point was 
well, the case is, is moot now because these people are no, no longer impacted. And that's a very typical judicial or legal ruling, right? Like you can't have a trial over a non-issue, right? right? There has to be an aggrieved party with a real claim before the court. But the pushback he got uh, in writing from both uh, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh was these rules change on a daily and sometimes hourly basis. Uh, religious liberty as the First Amendment, you know, in there with freedom of speech, etc., is of such crucial importance in this country that it must be protected at all costs, even maybe in an instance like this, where in the moment we issue this opinion, it's not being impacted. But in theory, tomorrow it could be based on the system that they've got in place in New York right now. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, A, it proves again what a pussy John Roberts is. And yeah, I said it. Chief Justice John <laughs> Roberts, you suck, bro. You just, you have abandoned any basic principles in your judicial philosophy in the interest of political correctness and it's nauseating. And I'm not the only one saying it. Gorsuch and Kavanaugh are saying it. And that's the awesome thing is like, there's this snarky backbiting going on now between those three. Uh, and we've seen a little bit of it in some other cases that came out earlier this year from Thomas and especially Alito. Justice Alito has got no love for justice for chief for Chief Justice Roberts. Mm -hmm. but they're basically calling him out, calling him a cuck, and right. he's calling them out, saying that they're being, uh, you know, over the top and irrational and just trying to make a political point. But well, it sounds like he's not being a contextualist, like which is why we were so happy about Coney Barrett. Um, he's kind of just taking the liberty to, oh, we're just going to bend it this way a little bit. Well, he just does everything that he can to avoid controversy, man. I mean, that's just, that's the reality. But, but his history of not sticking to the text or to the law goes back to, you know, the Affordable Care Act decision where he uh, was willing to change the statute in question to pretend as though the penalty, if you don't buy, have life insurance, health insurance, I'm sorry, is a quote, tax versus a penalty the act said it was a penalty but he called it a tax and that's how he held it it's constitutional yeah he <clears throat> like i said it's it's become it's no secret among even moderate lawyers uh, you know among the, the the legal profession that this guy's chief objective is to not do anything that, that rocks the boat or creates any sort of civil sorry dude unrest. that that kind of comes with the job description that's right. When so, the Constitution put, put being that is being word, undermined, right. your job, according to the Constitution, is to save it, bro. Have a sack, preferably with a couple of testicles in it, and save it. So he's not, is the upshot. Um, but anyway, so, you know, good for, I, I said this when she was appointed, but there's two things that can save our Republic right now. And that is the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg and replacement of her by a legit true textualist conservative in Amy mm -hmm. Coney Barrett, uh, giving now, giving us now, like of those five, uh, you know, conservatives, like three of them are of that mold, like strict textualists. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, this is a great example of that. This is huge. And then the other being the pending results in Georgia on the Senate, right? Yeah, um, which I have a note on that. But before we move to the the, uh, the election, 
I wanted to mention, I wanted to ask you, did you watch any football over the holidays? I have not watched a football game uh, this season. Is that because the Cowboys suck or because you're just like, eh? I'm disenfranchised with the whole, you know, BLM thing and. No, for me, it's more the Cowboys suck. I mean, the Have you watched college football. No, and for similar reasons that Baylor know, sucks. Are, yeah, Baylor sucks. And okay, so what we've like what we've games. what we've gained here is the fact that you're a fair, fair weather fan. But we, but I've always known that. So mm-hmm. if the, okay, that being said, I think most Americans watch football on Thanksgiving. I think most people. That, you know, and I, I felt, I've even said it on the air, I, I felt like a dirty whore watching the NBA with all that BLM stuff, um, knowing what we know about, you know, LeBron and, and Chinese influence and how they uh, treated Daryl Morey, all that stuff. I felt dirty, but I just love basketball. I love sports. And I wanted to be entertained, especially during the pandemic. I was like, man, we haven't had sports. So NFL comes, I play fantasy football. My whole family, you know, we're over here getting COVID, watching the Cowboy game. And, uh, <clears throat> I'm like thinking about what just came out in Santa Clara, California. And I don't know if you saw that, but they implemented a three week ban on all practices and games for contact sports. Not that big of a deal, right? If you're like, a, I don't know, eighth uh, grader or a high school kid, or maybe you're five years old, whatever. And your little league game got canceled. But when you're the freaking San Francisco 49ers, you know they're having to go to Arizona to play their home games now? No, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Dude, they are literally said they called the Cardinals up and said, "Hey, can we like borrow your stadium? They won't let us play in ours." How freaking asinine is that? California, baby. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, the NFL is the uh, biggest the biggest um sports entity in the world. And for them to implement that and say, "Look, we don't we don't really care." you know, do, do it somewhere else. I just thought it was, I, I thought it was shocking. And I think the NFL thought it was pretty absurd as well. And now you've got all these guys who are displaced and are moving to California for at least three weeks and maybe longer. Um, just the absurdity of that. And does that even decrease their risk of getting COVID? I, I doubt it. It seems like if you were around your team and your, you know, your family group, maybe that would, that would be the safest place. Now you're going somewhere else where you've got, like, how are they even dealing with that, those protocols? I don't know. The NFL's done a great job. I mean, um, I don't know if you've kept up with it. They moved the the um, Pittsburgh-Baltimore game. They've moved, like, three times. And now guys are, like, they moved it to Wednesday. It'll be the first, like, NFL game on a Wednesday afternoon. Literally kickoffs at, like, 240. Uh, I don't think it's ever happened before. But now they've got all these guys who are coming out of testing and are – because they the the Ravens had an oh, outbreak. Oh, because they yeah, they had yeah. positive right yeah. They had like eighteen people test positive over the last week or gotcha. so. And so they're trying to get right, the game right. in. And they've so done a just... great job. And now it's affecting right. the Cowboys. They've moved their Thursday. They were supposed to play on Thursday, which they can't do because now the Ravens are playing on Wednesday, and they were playing the Ravens. So that game's now next Tuesday. But I mean, I give them credit. They're trying like hell to to get the games in, and I think people want that and to see them say to an NFL team. Not in this town. Uh, it just was mind-blowing. But California for you. Uh, going back to the election, though, I'm going to start with this. Um, you, well, you said the two most important things, the Supreme Court, having the majority there, the things that can save our republic. Also, the Georgia runoffs, which 
shouldn't even really be a thing for Purdue. He won by two points and had 49% of the vote. Yeah, I really. If don't he understand comes back that. and loses, I don't, I don't understand why there's not. Dude, if he yeah, comes back and loses, you, you can't tell me there's not fraud. Forty nine percent of the people already said this is who we want. You right, know? and right. winning by two it's percentage point, points, though, right, a two percent victory. I mean, it's a slaughter. I, you're almost never gonna have if there's multiple candidates on a ballot. Anybody win a true majority? Very rarely, right? I I think I mentioned on this show once a couple months ago now how you know Rick Perry never once got more than 50% of the vote for governor in Texas, even though he got reelected, I think four times uh, yet, you know, he, he won all those because there's always seven different candidates. There should be, I don't understand how that, how that rule in Georgia, that law statute, whatever it is, doesn't have like just a caveat that says, you know, either 50% or more, or say a 1% or greater uh, margin will prevent a runoff you know what i mean like it would be mm -hmm. it doesn't seem as though it's absurd two percent advantage justifies a runoff to your point right like an automatic right. runoff there, there should be some discrepancy there but now i'm reading all this stuff on on parlor and other outlets and dude the amount of conservatives that are so disenfranchised by the election process so many of them are saying i'm not even going to vote it doesn't matter the election's rigged and that is heartbreaking for me. We, we need them to vote. Like, this is the, the future yeah. of our country. If we lose the Senate, we are we're F beyond all belief. This country will never look the same. Yeah. Um, and I worry about violence. I mean, I worry about the conservatives finally saying enough is enough um, if that was to happen. Yeah. I, I'm not advocating it. I'm just saying I worry. When you, how many times can you poke the bear? How many times can you do it before the bear uses those teeth and, and bites back? I was listening to... The bear uh, has all the guns, by the way. Right. I was listening to that Dave Rubin podcast that I mentioned before uh, over the weekend, and he had a, a, a former you know liberal Democrat who's been red-pilled on, and uh, she put it in almost those exact same terms, like, you know, hey, wokesters, don't y'all realize that if you keep poking this bear, eventually this bear is going to get pissed off and bite your head off. And oh, by the way, the bear's got all the guns. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not advocating for that. I know you're not either. No, uh, absolutely not. I don't. <sighs> I but but at the same time, you did text me like a week ago and said, "I really need to get an AR." <laughs> mm, well, yeah, not not because I'm going to go. <laughs> I know, I know, militant I know. in the streets with it necessarily. But, uh, I, of course not. Uh, Mostly just because, uh, yeah, <laughs> if they're going to take them away, then some for some reason, I feel like I need to have one. Um, or you should be part of the militia, you know, and you should have right. that firepower. The appropriate firepower. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, I I like to think that the that America's center and right of center is just not the party of that. Uh, and I think that's certainly been proven over time. It's been um, proven in the last six months with BLM. Right. Yeah. We, we know who is the party of violence. And I think it's clear who the party, you know, after Obama was elected and the Affordable Care Act was ushered in, you know, two years later after he was elected, the Tea Party stormed into Congress and, and basically neutered his administration for the next six years. Right. What mm -hmm. my point is, 
we have all the, the that conservatives, Republicans, moderates, libertarians, et cetera, have always pushed back at the polls, not in the streets, right? But to your point, if the entire you know right side of America suddenly believes that's not possible anymore, um, I just don't know. How, I don't know how long they'll stand for it. To your point, and I, I will say that the more we just sort of deal with and tolerate in this regard, the further, the more they're just going to take. Right. Like, I mean, that's, it's pretty, no, it's the same thing with why I'm always opposed to any type of gun control on, on my other shows. You give them an inch, they, they take a mile or any anti hunting regulation. You know, if, uh, if you see one state have success pushing some anti uh, hunting legislation, you know, the other, states are looking at that and saying well we could do that you know um or we could take away bump stocks and if we can do that then why can't we take away x y and z so yeah well and it, you know it's similar to our conversation about the uh abigail schreier book and the, the transgender phenomenon right like one of the very astute things that a lot of my influences keep sort of mentioning is how one of the things Trump did, and one of the reasons he got as many votes as he did, the second highest vote total in American history, more on that in a minute, uh, was he brought the what they call the culture war front and center, right? Mm-hmm. That, that up until the last four years, only, you know, the Ben Shapiro's of the world, some conservative, you know, internet commentators we're really pointing out some of the things that the left was doing, actually doing in places like California, New Jersey, Illinois, uh, on, on all sorts of issues, but this transgender issue in particular, right. We're, you know, divesting all this power into education boards and, and, you know, and limiting a parent's rights as they pertain to their children, right. In the name of this equality for transgenders, transgender kids, they, nobody was talking about that outside of these little niche markets politicians wouldn't touch it because they didn't want to be uh challenged as bigots right Uh even if they wholeheartedly agreed with it they just sort of pretended like it was a wasn't happening and you know you you listen to that book or our podcast covering it and you realize oh wow this this ship hasn't just left the dock dude it's halfway across the ocean yeah this this ideological sea change that's going on and you know trump took it to those guys and highlighted it and i honestly believe that a huge part of the reason you know he garnered uh 15 of the black vote a record in modern times is because like we've talked about there are plenty of you know uh, of certainly faith-oriented family-oriented you know black folks in this country that don't buy into that dads in particular uh hispanics dude this is hilarious i've been wanting to talk about this are you familiar with the new term latin x uh-uh. <laughs> so latin x is what the woke mob would like to start referring that's the term that they think we should start using to refer to latinos and latinas hispanics whatever other you know moniker you could have for collectively that group of people who come from like a dozen different countries right mm-hmm. <laughs> but set that aside they want to call them Latinx because Latino and Latina are obviously the masculine and feminine versions of, you know, this this sort of Spanish-based identifier, right? Because mm-hmm. that's how Spanish works, right? 
all of the nouns have masculine and feminine you know versions right, right? and and some of the many of the nouns are either masculine or feminine by their own definition right that's bigoted per the woke mob so they've come up with latinx guess who doesn't like it well, all the Latinos obviously the people that the spanish speaking right. people that's their language right. their culture like that are extraordinarily proud of their culture extraordinarily proud of their heritage extraordinarily proud of their friggin' language these people are basically calling their whole freaking language bigoted so there's this huge pushback now coming from hispanics not to mention as we know the cubans and venezuelans who are like socialism <laughs> nope right and most we of these countries that. are catholic uh background which do you think they're in favor of the transgender pandemic pandemic yeah or ninth month abortion right uh, that just brought something Remember that guy, Charles Blow, that we mentioned, uh, who uh, had the horrible things to say the day after the election about how uh, all these black people like were a traitor to their race or whatever. For yes. For... Uh -huh. So he has an article out, uh, I think this week in the Times op-ed, calling for an end to gender reveal parties, uh, which is a new movement ever since a gender reveal party started. I've unfortunately been to quite a few of those and think they're idiotic, but hey, you know, what are you going to do when you're... Ah! But do you call them violence against the unborn? No, I'm just like, right. So he does. Are they going to have beer there? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, my question is always: Is anybody bringing the Tannerite? Are we blowing something up? If we're blowing right. something up, then sounds cool. Um, no, yeah. So, so his like the first couple sentences of this op-ed, he calls gender reveal parties acts of violence against the unborn child because you know their gender is being dictated in a sign by uh you know like backwards antiquated you know thought processes of their parents mm -hmm. violence the party itself is violence against the unborn yet I thought we were celebrating you could, the yet unborn. <laughs> you could rip the unborn limb from limbs with a vacuum that's not violence that's right. just an abortion which is simply the disposal of a cluster of cells so, so that's nonviolence, and I'm, I'm quite certain this guy Charles Blow is a pretty staunch, uh, you know, pro-choice advocate. Um, he didn't talk about that necessarily in the article, but that would be my guess. <clears throat> uh, yeah, that that's not violence. Tearing the fetus and even a third trimester full-grown baby, limb from limb, stabbing it in the brain like what they do with a, a late trimester, you know, late-term third trimester abortion. They got to stab it in the brain first before they rip it out. Of the mother's womb none of that's violence simply having a party honoring the fact that it has or doesn't have a penis that's violence against the child so yeah that's awesome well let's move on to the uh, election because we're, we're gonna run out yeah. of time here um go, you know georgia we're all depending on you and it's it sucks that i'm reading that so many georgians are like no screw it what's the point um and i you know what i feel like if i had voted for a guy and he won by two percentage points with 49% of the vote, I'd be a little pissed off too. But, you know, you got to pull your pants up and get back to the polls. Or, Yeah, I, I mean, definitely can sympathize with the, the mindset, for mm -hmm. sure. Um, to your point, the right response is to, to flood the Georgia political system uh, with a, a, a biblical deluge, right, that can't be, that can't be screwed with. Um, although... By some accounts, that's what happened in the presidential election. They still managed to, 
What 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 blows my mind is the guy running against Purdue. I forgot his name. He's African American. Awesome. He's a pastor. He's a pastor, and he. I don't know. I don't look at the left as the party of religious virtue. Uh, I don't. Well, think, I don't see how you can. Not right. They're they're, they're anti religion, like you've just talked about. They're the ones that are throwing down these these mandates, saying you can't go to church. Like so, how it, to me that's just such hypocrisy that I, I I don't understand how people can't see right through that. You know, they're I guess yeah, they're, I they're, guess they're they're, so, they're disenfranchised enough to say, look, I'm only voting for him because he's black. They're That's definitely it. not the party of of religion, right? But they are smart enough to know how to play to a, you know, I don't care what anybody says, the state of Georgia is still a conservative state by and large, period. It is, right? As evidenced by the fact Atlanta that Atlanta is going to screw that up for everybody. The right. ATL. Yeah. But, yeah. but, but the, that's evidenced by the fact that they would pick a pastor for that. Right. Like mm. that's part of his appeal. Forget about the fact again, that he's a like late term pro-choice guy. Right. He, my, my point being, I'm not exactly real confident in his credentials as a quote faith leader beyond the simple fact that he is talking in front of a church every Sunday. Like right. he clearly doesn't, from what I've heard, and I haven't dove far into him, but I do know he's pro-choice. He doesn't hold anything from a from a uh, you know, with regards to these sort of cultural issues. At least it doesn't sound like he's holding a lot of particularly um, strong religious positions. Values, right? Yeah, values, right? right. And and you know, but the, the, so there's lots and lots of Americans who believe in God but have also been indoctrinated into PC culture and believe um, something to the effect that, you know, it's not for them to judge, which it's not. Uh, God uh, made the world as it is and all these people in it with all their quirks and idiosyncrasies. And so, um, you know, they should embrace all of God's children. That I guess there is some real Christian rationale for that. Uh, well, like we've talked about, there it comes from a, originally the left comes from a good place. The delivery is always botched. Yeah, well, and, and it and has when, devastating results. And the reality ones. is, religion. So, so our politics should be insulated from religion and vice versa, right? Like, I don't, I don't like a pastor who's up there spouting a bunch of political nonsense from whatever side he's mm-hmm. preaching from. That's to me not really his job and i agree uh and that certainly goes both ways i saw uh, but how's the, this guy's conflicted on that because he's running for the senate <laughs> like right but then you know and i saw jeffries from dallas baptist on fox just the other day you know railing against biden too so anyway um obviously that's just a critically important election out there to your point i hope that people just suck it up and, and go vote again. Um, some interesting things I learned yesterday. The attorney general for uh, the state of Georgia, who's named as a party in the lawsuit that um, that the Kraken Slayer, uh, Sidney Powell, filed in Georgia mm-hmm. uh, late last week, I think. Um, because apparently he and the governor are like responsible for the Dominion voting systems being deployed in the state. And also, obviously, the attorney general's 
sort of in charge of the electoral process, I guess. But um, my point is just that he's technically being sued by the lady who's trying to prosecute this, these claims of fraud. While being a party to that suit, he is bringing an investigation against four political nonprofits uh, or action committees, whatever they are, that are out recruiting new uh, new voter registrations mm -hmm. as we speak for this September runoff, right? Or I mean, January runoff. Right. Uh, so, so there was specifics to each of those four organizations and the, the kinds of, you know, fraud that they're basically setting up. I know one was they were going on to college campuses like UGA and uh, trying to convince kids to go change their, uh, official residency de designation so that they could register and vote for uh, these Democrats. Um, if that's not truly their permanent residence, then that's illegal. Right. And particularly the kids in the dorms, obviously that's not their permanent residence. Right. Um, my point is like, there could be, you could see some shade of gray there, right? Like if you live in an apartment and you spend your summer at UGA taking classes and you're there say for two straight years, I, I you could pl pretty plausibly argue that Georgia's become Athens, Georgia's become your permanent residence. Right. Mm. Um, but just the fact that they're going out there and recruiting these kids to make that change just so they can vote in a state they may or may not have any intention in staying in is corrupt. Right. Absolutely. Um, but then more egregiously, you know, th there were, Specifically, Stacey Abrams, who ran against the uh, uh, the governor out there. I can't think of his name at the moment. Mm -hmm. Two years ago. Comment, yeah. Yeah. And for two years now has uh, refused to concede that election, still claiming herself to be governor of the state of Georgia two years after the fact. Also claiming that she delivered the win to Biden through her recruitment campaigns over the last couple of months. Uh, a devout socialist. Uh, just a horrible disaster of a politician. She, her group that she founded is being charged with specifically recruiting New Yorkers, New York residents to, uh, the, you know, that they like have property in Georgia or to invest in property in Georgia. She's going out of state to recruit non-Georgians to find a way to establish residency in Georgia to vote in this election. Uh, so she, none of she, this is she's surprising now, she's now under investigation by the state so that's a good thing yeah i mean the corruption in this election and it's so hard to wade through what information is accurate and what isn't but just in reading some of sydney powell's um well i guess report um there's there has to be widespread fraud there's just it, there's no other way to look at it maybe not enough to, to sway the election but we talk about you just mentioned Trump got 15 percent of the Afri African-American vote, which is the most I think the most ever. Right. For a Republican. Certainly since like the 50s, maybe since 60s, Reagan, when when all of the <laughs> all the black people in America went from being Republicans to being Democrats somehow. OK. Yeah. Right. Yeah. At least since. Uh, right. So he gets 15 percent of the vote. But yet in places like Detroit and Atlanta, he's in the middle of the night getting four to five percent and hundreds of thousands of votes are coming in for biden in those cities and, and also uh, milwaukee right is another one um and 95 percent are coming in 
that's not that doesn't even reflect the percentage of the African-American vote that he should have been getting. It's like 10 percent shy. Yeah, man. Um, so there's I hate I, mean, I hate even walking this line like as a conspiracy theorist. That's not even a conspiracy, though. That's a fact. Like if you're getting 15 percent right. of the no, vote, exactly. now you're getting five percent and 200,000 votes are coming in and they're flipping like that on a dime. Mm-hmm. doesn't add up yeah no so so I, here's a kind of global caveat at least from from my side to your point everything we say from this point going forward about this election is going to be based on reporting and it's not going to be an assertion that that the election was rigged and that rigging dictated the outcome right we're just going to point out what's being said And the majority of what's being said, or at least the stuff I want to highlight is, like you said, it's just fact. Um, There's been a couple of uh, outlets, one in particular, the Federalists that have have been putting out some some just some stats. So they're not even getting into like the claims of the specific fraud, right? The, the, you know, state city of Pennsylvania, not letting conservatives watch the count, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. in, In the state of Arizona, a hundred thousand votes if i'm not mistaken the like envelope signature didn't match the ballot and yet they still counted and biden only won that state by ten thousand six hundred votes but whatever right like but forget about all the specific allegations the dominion voting system and all that stuff which we can definitely get into these are just statistical anomalies that have been observed since the election Uh the first is that Biden outperformed uh, Barack Obama by like over 10 million votes. Uh, actually, more than 15 million. There's just no Joe way, Biden, dude. Joe Biden got 15 more million more votes than Barack Obama got in 2012. There's no way. I mean, despite, everyone voted your, for the first as, as you said, despite, despite black uh, voters, you know, the percentage of... Flipping. Yeah, exactly. The percentage of black voters going from you know 95%, 94%, I think, for Obama to 85% for Biden, he beats Obama by 15 million. Uh, and some of this is, to me, some of the, the, the most telling. And, and that is like, like five and six and seven decade-long stretches of consistency suddenly evaporating, right? Mm-hmm. So basically... Uh, there's a, what they have, um, it was like a couple dozen, maybe 20 bellwether counties, uh, across the country from States all across the country. 19 here it was. Yeah. The wall street journal, uh, analyzed the results of these 19 bellwether counties. Each of these 19 counties has like invariably predicted the winner of the election, uh, going back, uh, 40 years. Biden, mm-hmm lost uh like all but two i think is what it was Mm. yeah after having lost almost every yeah i think it i think he won two of the 19 maybe three trying to find the number in there but um and and (laughs) amazingly trump won the other 17 no no 18 they only it was only one yeah i'm sorry one of the 19 counties, Biden won. The 18 that Trump won, he averaged his average margin of victory was 16 points. 
16 percentage points in 18 counties that has been for the last 40 years had reliably predicted every presidential out every presidential uh, outcome like then you look at ohio and florida no one has won i think it's no one has won the presidency certainly in the last like 80 years uh no in the last 60 no one has won ohio and florida in the last 60 years and lost the election huh Ohio specifically has always been a bellwether for the Midwest as Ohio goes generally. So go Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania can kind of still do its own thing, but he won Ohio by eight, eight points. Yeah. Eight points it smashed and destroyed in Ohio and yet lost all those other Midwest States, which were the deciding factor, right? Hillary Clinton, <clears throat> every Major metropolitan area in America, Hillary Clinton beat Joe Biden in 2016 compared to this year, except for four cities. Biden in the primaries or, or Trump? No, I mean, I mean, Hillary's vote total in 2016 in these major oh, okay. cities was better than Biden's vote total in the actual presidential election, right? So, yeah, I mean, they, did, they didn't run against each other, right? Just the vote right, totals. Right. <clears throat> I don't know if I got Hillary, Hillary beat him all across the country except these four major cities, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Detroit, Michigan, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Atlanta, Georgia. Each of those four cities overcame massive Trump uh, advantages in all other parts of those states but those cities. Like, in other words, in those four states, if you just took those four cities out, those states are red, right? Oh, by a ton. Those four cities alone carried the day for Biden, those four cities were almost the exclusive reason that it took an extra week to count votes because they were counting the votes from those four cities. And despite the fact that in only four cities in the friggin' country did Biden major cities, did Biden outperform Hillary Clinton, he beat her by like 12 million votes total. Um, there was a specific state, and I, I didn't get to go back and check it, that Dan Bongino was talking about yesterday where Biden had only won 150 some odd counties. Maybe it wasn't even just a state. Maybe it was multiple hmm. states. Obama had won 800 something of those uh, counties in this particular grouping yet he, but yet Biden won by 15 million votes versus what Obama did. So, so he only won like one fourth, the number of these counties yet, bested him on the popular vote overall by 15 million uh republicans dominated literally every other facet of the 2020 election they held or gained every legislature uh they held every legislature that they had and gained like two or three or four at the state level right mm -hmm. there were 23 uh no 27 there were 27 quote toss-ups in the uh, according to pollsters in the u.s house of representatives republicans won all 27 and then gained 14 flipped 14 democratic seats only one republican seat in the entire u.s congress or house of representatives flipped from republican to democrat but like 14 flipped from democrat to republican and the republicans held all 27 toss-up seats Mm -hmm. 
They say that's historic. It's never happened that an incumbent president gains seats in the House of Representatives and loses the election. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and Pelosi and them were, you know, preparing for a, a blue wave landslide. They landslide. They they had you know, the pom poms ready, and it was pretty shocking for them. Right. I mean, people were even saying they were going to turn Texas red, um, which didn't obviously happen. It wasn't even close, closer than it should have been. But, um, yeah, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. And she might be on the way out because of it. Hope she is. Ah, uh, well, I think they've already reelected her, didn't they? Oh God, did uh, well, I missed that thing. Yeah. I think it's good for Republicans. That's 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 perfect. <laughs> She's so bad, it's good for us. Check this out, Maricopa County which is uh, the Phoenix area, right? Uh-huh. The most populated county in Arizona. Again, a state that that Biden supposedly won by 10,600 votes. I've read this morning. Maricopa County in 2012, there were 600,000 votes for Obama. You know how many there were for Biden? Uh, Over probably. a million. He almost doubled the number of votes Obama got in Maricopa County alone. This Sorry, you know, I was blaming it on California transplants, like, you know, going in there and screwing things up. That There isn't 400,000 people that have moved to Maricopa County from California in the last four years. So, And even if there were, not all 400,000 of them were going to vote for Democrat. Like, even if they came from 60%, California. yeah. Okay, but not all of them, right? Like, right, that, that's, right. So that man. doesn't make, that makes no sense whatsoever. That nope. Statistical. Yeah. Like I said, almost there. doubled. It's it was just... like it was like five hundred thousand and change for Obama and over a million for Biden. That's what about we were talking off the air and and we're gonna have to wrap this up pretty quick. But you were listening to some uh, statisticians say what happened with the you know overnight. Right. We all go to we all go to bed and it looks like Trump's gonna win. My youngest brother who voted for Biden has already texted me congratulations, you asshole. Um, and we wake up and it's like, what happened in these swing states? And you look and like we said, there's like 100,000, 200,000 vote dumps all at the same time with 95% going to one candidate. And you said to me, like these statisticians said that that was basically an impossibility. That's right. Yeah. So there's a there's an awesome uh, report on it. Uh, that I'll include in the show notes, which I'm a couple of episodes behind on y'all, but I'll get to that uh, very soon. It's uh, votepatternanalysis.substack.com voting anomalies. You can just basically Google voting anomalies 2020 and it, it's, you're going to find it, but uh, it's this statistical analysis. Yeah. And, and so they, they point to, man, it was almost 9,000. Yeah. Oh, very close. It was 8,954 um, vote updates in these, uh, you know, computer systems that were utilized, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they picked out uh, of those nearly 9,000, four specific updates where the data was so one-sided that they say it doesn't happen in nature. Like it, it really almost seems, it seems impossible, right? For example, 6.30 a.m., 6.31 a.m. Eastern time, on Wednesday morning, November 4th, 141,258 votes 
were automatically loaded for Joe Biden against 5,968 for Donald Trump. So it's like two and a half percent for Trump. Right, exactly. Like it was way less than what we the 95 we were talking about, right? Nine, or five percent. Yeah, it, it, single digit, you know, one to two, whatever percent. 141,000 to less than 6,000. At 3.42 a.m. Central Time on the same night, so a couple hours earlier, three hours earlier, Wisconsin, 143,379 for Joe against 25,000 for Trump. In Georgia, at 1.34 a.m. Eastern Time, 136,000 votes added to Joe Biden against 29,000 for Trump. And in Michigan, just shy of 55,000, 54,497 for Joe. Uh, again, 3.50 a.m. Eastern against 4,700 for Donald Trump. In each of those, that margin, uh, 135,000 vote margin in one single de- data dump in Michigan, 100, uh, 100, yeah, 120,000 roughly in Wisconsin margin for for biden in the single dump uh, you know what it pisses me off even more uh that they did it basically under the cover of darkness when everyone was asleep like oh. when can we when can we do this when it's going to be the least obvious check this out so there was counting going on in um in an arena in atlanta um probably where they play basketball i guess i can't it's in this thing somewhere but uh-huh. uh you know they were holding it in like a, a sports arena. <clears throat> they claimed at like 10 PM that a water line had broke and they evacuated all the poll watchers and all the pollsters and all the counters. Yeah. I recall that except a handful. They claimed everybody had to go home because of the danger of this water break. Turns out it was a lie. There was no water break at all. And a handful of or so counters stayed and counted votes until uh like two in the morning uh suffice it to say they were counting votes when this thing hit at 134 adding a hundred and seven thousand votes uh vote margin for biden as you were saying each of these each of these are 95 96 98 percent margins in favor of biden that doesn't appear anywhere else in the data as they pointed out, those four data dumps alone represented the first, second, fourth, and seventh seventh most anomalous updates in the entire data set. So that means there were actually three updates they didn't even bother to list here that were more egregious. Goodness but the only reason they didn't the only reason they didn't point them out, oh by the way, of those nine thousand vote updates, damn near all of them went in favor of Biden, right? But so they picked four of the seven most egregious. And the reason they chose those four is because the margins that I just outlined in each of those four states, in each of those four specific data dumps alone account for Biden's win. In other words, mm-hmm. I was rambling it off, right? But the 135,000 vote margin in Michigan, Biden won by less than that. The 120 roughly thousand in Wisconsin, Biden won by less than that. The hundred. 7,000 in Georgia. Biden won by less than that. Like, again, this is just statistics, right? I'm not, yeah, this I, isn't like, us being conspiracy theorists. This is right. actually what happened. We woke up and we were like hit with a sledgehammer. Uh, what just happened 
here. And this, these are the stats that prove, you know, well, they, they sure shed light on the fact that something is fishy. You know, I mean, they I certainly mean, make it, they make it look strange, but then, you know, so we, we, like you said, we all woke up before we knew anything about dominion voting systems or, you know, anything of the like, right. We woke up and thought, damn, he was winning by a pretty good margin when I went to bed. What happened? Mm-hmm. And the very day after the election, there was this allegation out there. It was specifically Michigan and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania at the time. I, I don't think anybody had caught the Georgia one yet. But I remember Wednesday after the election hearing about 136,000 votes showing up for Biden in Michigan and roughly the same number in Wisconsin in an instant, right? And seeing these graphs where you showed the red and the blue line and a steady, steady, steady lead for Trump until 1.45 a.m. And all of a sudden, Biden either catches him or goes past him in Wisconsin. He went past him based on this one data dump, right? And again, those types of ratios, they're, they're impossible. And he goes, this, this thing goes into a great level of detail about how like the ratio alone would be one thing, the margin would be one thing, but the two combined uh, plus the just the talking about like numbers in the six digit range, hundreds of thousands of votes versus maybe 20,000 votes, seeing this kind of margin discrepancy. Like he, he just says like that, that just doesn't happen. Doesn't make sense. Uh, right. Right. Well, we got to wrap this up. Uh, but like we said, I, with what you're saying, it sounds like the election certainly could have flipped, you know, because of fraud. Uh, I'm not willing to, and, and neither are you willing to say that that's 100% what we believe, but these things don't make any sense. We need to get to the bottom of it. I hope, what I really hope, Chisholm, is that the American people don't just dismiss it. Because, I mean, like so many Democrats I've talked to are like, oh, y'all are just, you're just butthurt because you lost. And I'm like, well, you know, I didn't like it when Obama won. Um, but, I, you know, I, I just said, let's do better next time. And and we did. Uh, to be cheated, though, is something that should be concerning to all Americans. Whether you're a Democrat or Republican, everybody should want a fair, a fair election, a system that can be believed in. And I, I certainly don't believe in it right now. Uh, I don't see how anyone can. So it needs to get corrected whether or not, you know, and we don't have time to get into the Electoral College stuff, but um, I think we're both on the same page is that as, as long as the fraud is exposed here, that should be the most important thing to consider. Yeah, there's no reason not to vet this, right? Um, and yeah. it should have happened before this election. Frankly. What makes this country the greatest country in the world? It's our, it's our, you know, it's our democratic process. But if you can't believe in that, then it's a sham. And someone yep. and somebody's pulling the strings, and then your your vote really doesn't matter. So, yeah. Anyway, it, some some th- big stuff to chew on. Right. There's no reason not to vet it. I know we got to go, but I, I would say, you know, everything I just outlined, those are statistical anomalies that have been identified. But Sidney Powell has filed lawsuits, making specific claims, uh, particularly about how these Dominion voting machines and the software that runs them are actually designed to allow for this kind of manipulation and they're she but but more importantly man she's got sworn affidavits and for those who don't understand what that means an affidavit is a document that you make a you make a statement in writing and you 
notarize it and you are willing to submit it to court as if you were testifying to the court, right? It's right. under penalty of perjury. It's a sworn statement of what you say to be true, right? Mm -hmm. She's got affidavits from defense intelligence officers, uh, you know, like DIA, CIA, Department of Defense type people, other government officials claiming firsthand knowledge of some of the uh, more sort of specific fraud cases of like, you know, ballots being dismissed or, or you know, ballots showing, you know, bags of ballots showing up 100% for Biden, et cetera. But then more importantly, she's got affidavits from people that claim firsthand knowledge of how these systems are designed to be, you know, screwed with basically mm -hmm. that they allow you to move 20,000 votes from the left column to the right column, even that they've got algorithms built in to do it automatically. And that, man, these systems were used to keep Hugo Chavez in power in Venezuela for, you know, over a decade. And then his successor as well. Like these, this is an international company, man. Some of the votes are being, were being tabulated in Frankfurt, Germany. The servers that doesn't make any sense that power. These systems are, were overseas. Like to your point, yeah. what makes America great? The democratic Republic that it was founded as, and the right of the people to govern themselves. Why should we, blindly trust the tech industry to fairly run an election through computer systems when they're already censoring conservative speech on their platforms exactly, <laughs> right exactly, exactly right right well we got to run um that's going to do it for episode 14 of justified pursuit we might you know we can hit on this again at the beginning of the uh, next uh, next show as things are developing because it is such a fluid situation um, I think you told me that they have until the 13th to certify the election uh, as far as the electoral college. Uh, so we'll keep uh, tabs on that and the developments going forward. Chisholm, enjoyed it as always, my friend. And we will do it again. Um, oh, I'm going to be here with COVID, so we can do another one tomorrow if you want. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. That's going to do it for Chisholm Cook. I'm Cable Smith. You guys have a good one. We'll see you next time. See you.